0: Hey, I'm Jack Tretton and you're enjoying PSI Love You XOXO, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And if Greg and Colin don't stop doing that terrible impression of me, I'm going to end them. <laughs>
1: What's up everybody welcome to PSI love you XOXO episode 38 I'm one of your hosts Greg Miller alongside the pride of Long Island Colin Moriarty I would say it's good to be here with you today but then I'd be telling the truth it's good to be here with oh you today. he threw me a no. curveball Colin got up on the right side of the bed today uh, well
2: one can be that can be said but one one could also say that they got up on the right side of the bed uh no matter which side they get up on the bed because it's a it's a mentality now what if your bed's up against the wall I know there's only one side to get out on. You could technically get out on two sides. What if it's
1: like into an inlet, though? Then do you, you think anyone
2: I mean? has a bed in the middle of their room where they yes. get up on all four sides? Somebody
1: has to do that. Just a mattress on the ground. Mm. And they come in and they explain it. it's very Japanese to everybody. And they're like, is it? Or is it just you're too, ge- you're too cheap for a box spring? Uh, hi. 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 Why is this guy saying yes to me every time he <laughs> walks around Japan? Uh, Colin, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm tired.
2: I'm tired as well. I know everyone gets mad when I say that, because but we have an excuse this time.
1: Apology writes in to kindofunnycom slash PSQ, just like you can to get your questions read. And he says, hi, guys. Hello. What were your favorite moments from Kind of Funny Live 2? XOXO Apology. Kind of Funny Live 2, a two-day event is here happening. in San Francisco. It ha- is happened. Is uh, happened. Uh happened uh, Saturday, Sunday. It's Monday here, Memorial Day. We've uh, woke up. We were tired shows game over Greggy shows for patreon.com slash kind of funny with our mothers well let's first say let's
2: first say Memorial Day our very best obviously you know our thanks goes out to people get Memorial Day and Veterans Day confused right Veterans Day obviously for the soldiers that have you know and, yeah. and then the airmen and all that have that have lived Memorial Day is for those who gave their lives in sure. conflict for our country so very you know a thank you to them obviously but to, in reality and to their you're families. insulting
1: them because you're wishing them a happy Memorial Day one day late that's true well, I, but you know you're insulting them you just <laughs> insulted them in their memory oh fair enough you had a faux pas on Memorial Day that everyone will hear the day after Memorial Day. Yeah, well, but I'm wishing them a happy Memorial You're Day. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. I won't. I'll wait till next year and wish you a oh, proper okay. day. Cause oh, that's the, I don't want to. I don't want to on Memorial Day. That's fine. But nobody hears it in time. That's dumb. You can't right. wish your parents a happy birthday on this show and then play it for, for them. In, I like, mean, I in could. And I could do work. that. You could, but then they'd be really mad you didn't right. like reach out before here. That's true. Then they'd be like, what the hell? Oh, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish you on the show. Yeah, I didn't see the show. I thought you forgot about me that day. No, I, I, I wish you a happy birthday on the show. Doesn't count. Doesn't, uh, you know, they, they, they'd be very upset is what I'm saying. Colin, fuck them. How did
2: kind of funny live go? Uh, it was very well. It went very well. It was very well. It's not <laughs> proper English. Can't speak today. Uh, well, first I want to give you know shout out and props to uh Tim and Tim Nick. and Nick. Yeah, Tim and t- Nick Kevin as well. Oh yeah. Um, Tim really did the lion's share of the planning and and really did the run of show and came up with all these zany ideas that we did. Yeah. Um, And uh, Nick obviously really produced and helped direct uh, the execution. Obviously, got Matt Scarpino, his brother, um, to kind of do the production for us again this year, which is basically going to be a tradition, I assume, for us moving forward. Oh, it's so good. And uh, Kevin obviously really did also execute and really did a lot of selfless work. And you and I kind of just showed up. Now, that's just the way it goes. I mean, we've talked about it in the past where... um, you know, we talked about it actually at the show on day two. That you know, if someone needs a game or a publisher contact or something right. like in our wheelhouse, we make that happen for sure. them. But none of this is in our wheelhouse at all. We just kind of showed up and did exactly what we were told to do and had some of ideas of our own, but basically. They did all the work, and so I don't want to take any credit for that at all. Even though I have amazing powers of persuasion that could actually convince the audience that I've planned the entire show. As
1: we again, we discovered right on Conor Greg Live, it's not—it's the power of lying. Right, it's just when you lie to them, right. and they believe you because yeah. you're supposed to be their best friend. Right, but you just sell them a bill of goods that is false, sir. So I did all of the work, and
3: you're From very kind well. Of funny I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but
2: I think it went very well. It seemed like we had about 1,200 people there, which is yep. about three times bigger than last year's show. Yep. Um, and uh, it seemed like everyone was quite happy with it um would there be some things i would tweak of course but all all that given i mean it went pretty flawlessly and i think it was a lot of fun and predictably because i got really nervous before so i'm not nervous enough where i was like shaking but i was yeah. like oh my nerves are definitely acting up but predictably, as is always the case when you do something exciting like that, you kind of, it's over, and then you kind of wish you took it in a little bit
1: more. Sure. It happened so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing weekend. Thank you to everyone who traveled from around the world. We had people from all sorts of countries over here, and of course, these crazy United States. Thank you for coming out of San Francisco, putting up with uh, the ridiculous price of everything here to come party with us for two days. Uh, everyone seemed to enjoy that first, that first night show. I think they all. everyone I talked to was blown away, uh, whether it was Cisco, whether it was Jack Tretton, Giving a, a, our a whole conference uh, the intro, outro kind of thing. And if everything's gone according to plan, thank you, Jack Shretton, for that. And of course, for introing this episode of PSLW XOXO. Thank you, Cisco, for coming out. Uh, favorite memories for me, I mean, the entire show, I was talking to my mom about this last night at dinner. Like, it literally is like the show is a highlight reel. Every segment is awesome and a standout and stuff like that. Like, I. All of our entrances were great. I mean for me like we're saying like for Tim putting so much work into this. Seeing the joy in his face of crowd surfing out, you doing your Mega Ran uh, verse was amazing from backstage even. Cisco's reveal was amazing. Being on the stage doing a Pokémon sing along with the entire crowd and Cisco and Gia in a Pokémon outfit. Amazing. Uh But interacting with everybody, just getting to walk out on that catwalk, everybody's so excited to be part of the show, all the best friends there, seeing all of them interact with each other. I talk about this at length, obviously, but the fact that last year I felt like, you know, I made sure every day had an event this year. I didn't bother doing that because the community did it for me. They all went and saw movies. They went to brunch. They went to the park today. They went to the beach today. They went and they all came together and it was this group of bunch of know, nerds, as, uh, huge fucking dorks that started like as 30 people. And then every day added more until they were going around like 150 people strong. Yeah, I think that things. that was
2: kind of the power of the event. And that's yeah. what I said yesterday when we were saying about everyone was, I hope that they took that in. Um, I could see how people would look at the prices being steep, the price of entrance, obviously to be in San Francisco, it's one of the most expensive places in the world to be. And so you have to really pay the, the price of entrance to be in the city yeah. and stay here and eat here and, and exist here. So we do appreciate that. But I hope that people walked away with some new friendships and lots of new memories that have nothing to do with us at all. And, and I think that that's the most exciting thing. I mean, I think to me that the, the memories, I mean, doing the um, the aerobics intro, I think was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, you know, we did a lot of preparation. I think Jack Trenton um, hosting the show. Are you going to do anything with the other things that you got? Like, like I just alluded to he should have opened the show oh, okay. unless I'm sorry. editing Man. failed for
1: some reason but I can't
2: and, uh, to so I thought that was fun to, yeah. to, to reiterate and uh, obviously you know rapping with Megaran Ran was a lot of fun I don't think people expected that, I that yeah. was a Mike good Drucker time. came out, killed Drucker it Drucker was fantastic, Tone deaf was fantastic part um, was amazing.
1: Bernie Burns Bernie
2: Burns did a great job, uh, founder of uh, Rooster Teeth obviously did a, did a great job hosting um, people seemed to enjoy the merch, they enjoyed each other, the venue was great um, you know we we dumped a lot of money into this and a lot of time and it'll be a profitable endeavor for us i'm not complaining about that but it was a huge risk to do this yeah. i think because I, I i see the the problem the the complicated thing of this and this is why i respect what tim did here but i also <laughs> fear the war of escalation is like how can you possibly do this again like three four five six before someone we were kidding around before the show yeah. where i was like eventually we're gonna get to like five or six and someone's gonna be like well i like that you know, four better than five. And I'd be like, but if five, you know, the uncharted argument if five happened before four, you'd say the same thing about four. Yeah. You schmucks. But no, seriously, I think that the show was fantastic. The guys that really planned it and did all the work did a fantastic job. Yep. Um, Greg and I would have done it way differently. And by way differently, I mean, just did a podcast. Probably. Hey,
1: can we do, Hey, Eric Castro, can we do a podcast from your bar? Yeah. All right, guys, kind of funny. Live too is happening. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we need
2: people with boldness that we don't have a vision that we um, don't have. Yeah. Exactly. So. Thanks for everyone that came. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, but that's why I'm exhausted today. I'm sure you are too. I, I'm dead. just a little bit out of sorts. I mean, yeah. we we those guys took days off today. We we didn't, and Kevin came in. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck off probably later in the week or next week or whatever. Yeah, we should probably take and just reco- out. yeah recover and yeah. and um, you know, kind of get our heads straight or whatever. But yeah, it was a great time. Thank you so much for everyone that came. Um, and uh, for your rousing support and love and
1: all of that kind of stuff. It was really quite reinvigorating for me. Of course, as well. yeah. yeah. If you didn't know, this is PSI love you. XOXO. It is the kind of PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Rain or shine on kindoffunny.com, youtube.com, slash games, and podcast services around the globe. So subscribe to all the channels, like all the feeds, share it with your friends. Colin. Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> time for some singular possessive <laughs> news. There are... Mm,
2: Let's see. 11 items on the list. A baker's dozen. Number one. I should probably pull this up so we can actually read from it as well. That's Something helpful. I'm going to need supplemental information. And also the dimness on my laptop really. Okay, there we go. That's a little better. I was like staring what into the a very. hell is going on? It's like staring at cave paintings with just a little torch in your hand. You know what I mean? You need a little bit I more. I played Far Cry I
1: Primal. I, I understand what you're saying.
2: Uh, Now my mouse doesn't work. Now here I got to unplug go this, this and do this thing again. here. All right. Now, number one. No Man's Sky has been delayed. (gasps) Word originally came from a story by Kotaku, but was later confirmed by Hello Games' Sean Murray himself in a post on the PlayStation blog. Here's what he had to say. Sean says this. Hello, Sean Murray from Hello Games here, working extremely hard on our game, No Man's Sky. The game really has come together, and it's such an incredible relief. As we sit and play it now, and there's a spelling error here because it says as we sit and. Maybe that's how they say it in the UK. But as we know, no one proofreads anything over there. No, they 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 got no time
1: for it. Shotgun approach, put it up. This just went up like what? It's because, because
2: Comence is there. Soma taking up all his proofreading mm-hmm. time. The smash hit horror game on PlayStation he 4. He loves it so much, he can't stop playing it. So he says, and as I sit and play it now, and as I watch playtesters every day, I can finally let myself get excited. We're actually doing this. However, as we approach our final deadlines, we realized that some key moments needed extra polish to bring them up to our standards. I've had to make the tough choice to delay the game for a few weeks to allow us to deliver something special. After a short delay, No Man's Sky will launch in North America on August 9th, in Europe on August 10th, and in the UK on August 12th. We understand that this news is disappointing. Making the game is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but we are so close now. Or he says, but we are so, so, yeah, I'm sorry, he says that, so close now. And we're prepared to make the tough choices to get it right. The universe of No Man's Sky is incredibly vast, more than you can imagine. This is a type of game that hasn't been attempted before by a smaller team than anyone would expect under an intense amount of expectation. And despite all of that, development is genuinely going well. This is the hardest working, most talented team I've ever worked with. And I'm so proud of what we're doing. For all our sakes, though, we, we get one shot to make this game and we can't mess it up. To the loyal community who stuck by our side since the unveiling of No Man's Sky years ago, we hope you'll accept our sincere apology and I am humbly asking that you'll still look forward to exploring our universe despite the slight delay. I Thank do. Thank you so much, Sean. Now, the story does continue on my, on my part version of the Roper's Report. As a result of both the rumor oh, of the man. delay and the delays of information, uh-huh. death threats and other craziness were launched at Games and in particular, Sean Murray. And I just want to say, if you're anyone... Stop. S- Is that the end of the
1: news? Yeah, that's it. I'll start with the death threats, and we'll get back to the other okay. one. You fucked it all up for me. I could have gotten you two you fuck, questions in You here. fuck up my shit all the time you could, when you're doing you, You're like you a can? bun coming in, and I just want to put a wiener in between it, but you want you don't want that. You want the wiener on top of the hot dog bun. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. The underscore Benjamin wrote into dot kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can, and says, I call him Greg. I love the positive nature of the kind of funny community, but wanted to ask a question about the darker side of games media. When Kotaku's Jason Trier reported there might be a delay for the uh, release of No Man's Sky, he received death threats. When Hello Games' own Sean Murray confirmed the rumors of a delay were true in a very honest letter to the fans, he also received death threats. Is this horror something you've experienced personally in your role as prominent video game personalities? And how can we, as a kind of funny community, help discourage others from sending these hateful messages in the future? P.S. I'll always love you. V underscore Benjamin in Sydney, Australia. No oy. Yes, we've received them before. Yes, it sucks that developers get them and writers get them and everybody else gets them. If you're one of these people sending these, grow the fuck up. You are a child. That's the, the easiest way to look at it. Be like, oh, clearly you're a 13 year old. Just ranting and raving. The, the sad thing is,
2: I don't think a lot of people are ch- really children; they're just man children. Okay. And um, if you care, No Man. First of all, guy Sky has been in development for what seems like since I was like seven years old. So it's not like it's. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> like this is like a, you know. I was looking forward to playing it. I thought you know it would have gone gold by now. So I was you know I was disappointed when I heard that. But it's not like the end of the world. There's other games to play.
1: Yeah, you're, oh, if you know, your oh yeah, if life it's, like a, so, and it's a month or whatever. Yeah, what yeah if your go.
2: life is so dependent on this game, you might want to reassess if you're people playing video games at all, frankly, because you sound super fucking unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Now that said. Uh, take the time you need. The game is vast. If you need a few more weeks to wrap things up or get manufacturing in or something's failed, CERT or whatever whatever the problem might be or yeah. whatever the problems may be, just give them the time. It's just a video game. Yeah. Um, but as is the case uh, on the internet a lot, people talk a lot of shit, but when you see them in person, they'll never say a goddamn word to your face. Of and I'm course. sure um, that, you know, hopefully Sean understands that. Um, I think he does. He's been doing this for a long time. Um, I think that I agree with him that they, they're under a crushing amount of pressure. I don't believe No Man's Sky is going to be nearly as good as everyone thinks it's going to be, but. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a fantastic b- game that's going to blow well, me away. I get just back to
1: the games, I mean, he reaches out and, you know, Benjamin's letter here is how can the kind of funny community help, right? The kind of funny community can help the same way you're doing right now, and that is to move from being the silent majority. You can sit er, uh, the silent majority, obviously, uh, is the normal people who read these things and go, oh, okay, this is delayed. I'm going to move on and be fine. Oh, Jason broke this news. Interesting. I'm going to move on. And then the vocal minority shines through and makes it seem like they are the majority. They are not the majority. The people sending death threats and being assholes are not the the majority they are the vocal minority fuck them be positivity tweet nice things at people it sucks your games delayed i'm still looking forward to it i want this i'm excited for this i we're behind you all the stuff we get in droves from our community is because we've trained you right that like we don't want dicks in our community if you're gonna be an asshole fuck off you're not getting any attention we're gonna ban you and you'll be gone if you're gonna be a good person you're gonna rise out we're all gonna talk to you're you gonna be part of this and that's why we get so much love from you guys because we're trying to work and make a point of that video games are not that and it's because developers are making video games. Publishers are publishing video games. They don't have time to really worry about cultivating, nor do they want to tell you to fuck off when you're being a dick. So, I do. Yeah, well, we're not publishers or developers. That's no. what I'm saying. Not yet. So, the problem here is like, you can't be on the sidelines. You can't write into us and ask, Oh my god, what do we do? How do we make it better? You make it better by making it better. You need to be active in this. You need to be positivity. You need to remind people that not everyone on the internet is a fucking moron who's going, to oh, you delayed it to a month and a half? I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, well, I, I Jason, just send your fucking lies of reporting yeah, that first turn out to think, be true. Yeah, like
2: everyone on Jason Schreier for reporting something that's totally true. I'm sure that was very vindicating for him. And... uh so if you really paid attention, I mean, it seemed a little weird that the game no one was really talking about it. We too. had this conversation
1: on this podcast, yeah. I think,
2: recently, where it was just like, the, "That's next the month." trophies are not. We haven't it? heard anything about going. Why gold. hasn't anyone
1: talked anything about this game?
2: Um, but so, I mean, it, the writing was kind of on the wall if you paid close attention, but. Um, Jason obviously did his job as a reporter and uh, I just, the weird thing to me is I didn't realize that there was such a passionate fan base around this game or a passionate group of people that wanted to play this game because when Uncharted was delayed, I don't remember this response, which is a much more important game and a much bigger game, and so to me, I don't remember, I mean, everyone gets mad when everything gets delayed, but when big games like The Last of Us were delayed or all this kind of stuff, Horizon probably is inevitably delayed I don't,
1: which I hope I'm wrong about, I don't expect this kind of vitriol, so I don't know. I want to talk I want to touch on that, but let me introduce a question that's tied to it, okay? D though two nine zero five says, hi Colin and Greg, another delay of No Man's Squ- Sky and more uproar with the expectations for this game through the roof. Is it inevitable that people are going to be disappointed with the final product? Love you, David. Yes, of course you're going to be disappointed, and I think this is why people are so fired up about it. Is that Sony came out, they put it out. Here's this the first demo of No Man's Sky when they did it on the E3 stage, right? And there was E3, right? I'm not mm-hmm. wrong about that. E3, it was 2000 because it was 13, right? No. Yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah. no, it's 2016 now. They took last year off. So yeah, it would have been 13 because it was 13, mm-hmm. 14. do I remember being crazy about it. I'm like, I don't know. It looks fine. Well, the thing about it is they came out and they didn't do a good job of reining in what this game was. Sean came out. They talked about it. You're flying through space. You're landing on planets. You're finding new things. Da And then everyone's expectations ran away with them to where everybody had all these different concepts of what this fucking game was going to be. And that kind of continued to happen. And I think we got it to a point that, yes, David a lot of people are going to be disappointed with this game. I'm expecting this game to be a game I want to play 30 to 45 minutes at a time where I get in, chill experience, flying through, landing on a planet. Cool. This was nice. Go play something else or go to bed. That's my expectation. I think I'm going to be fine. I think it's the kids who are expecting intergalactic diplomacy and I'm going to fucking land on this planet and start a fucking textile warehouse that are, yes, going to be super disappointed. And I think what you're talking you brought up about, you don't remember the outrage over Uncharted being delayed, right? True. I don't think it was there because I think Uncharted is a proven quantity. You take all the time you need. I know this game is going to be amazing, right? Horizon's going to get delayed. I think it's going to be a similar thing. Sure. No big deal. Take your time. Th- people are going to be mad, but take your time. Da, da, da. Hello Games and No Man's Sky are in this lose, lose proposition of you. This game has been talked about for fucking ever. You know what I mean? Like, was, oh, maybe it'll be a VR launch game. Maybe it'll be this. Maybe like people are, I think, to the point of this is for a lot of people. Even if they don't know it, they're mighty number nine shut up about this game till I have it. And so when it's we're almost there and it seems like everything's on track to pop up and be like, it's delayed, that's going to get people angry and cranky for the product they yeah, think I, they I, are I, entitled I to. Yeah, I get
2: that. And and I under, I totally understand. I think you're right in the respect that it is a little bit different. Um, I just don't understand how people don't understand that this game isn't going to meet its ex, their expectations. Like, it's it's going to be fine. I think it'll probably be good. It'll probably be fun. I think, I think it's, it's going to be a to lot be, of fun. But I think it's going to be... my my personal My personal take on this, short-lived... Um, not as good as you think it's going to be. Uh, different than you think it's going to be, whether for better or for worse, and a game that I think is going to be largely forgettable in a couple of years. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. You don't think it's gonna be like this revolutionary experience? No, I think the same thing is Last Guardian. So I don't think I don't think it's gonna be any different. I just think sometimes a game, um, it, a game they really made a strategic error announcing it that early. They made a massive strategic error doing that. Um, so I think you're right and then they made a strategic marketing and PR error by not just reigning in what it was and being realistic about the delivery of the game and how small the team was Right. this is a team that outstrips the size of Hello Games in a significant way and I give them a lot of credit for making it and the engine it sounds very ambitious and all that kind
1: of stuff which is great But and hopefully they can make a lot of money on it but, but these guys um, who did Joe Danger yeah, it's, it is a about, massive. And not that I think Joe Danger is bad, but like, keep, keep in mind what Joe Danger was. Right. It's not like Naughty Dog went from making a game like Joe Danger to making Uncharted Four. But my, but my expectations
2: because of that, Joe Danger's is a fine game. But what yeah. my expectations because of that is, I, my expectations have always been very low. I remember when people like were were losing their minds over it. like I think one E three game of the show or something on E three that year when we were there when we were still at IGN or it was in the running at least. Sure. And I'm like I don't sure. understand why you guys are so excited about this. Like this game, there's no way. There's just no way. So I I. I um, Maybe I'm just in a, in a unique position where I'm like I was never that excited about it. I'm super I'm more curious about it because I just know we've been burned too many times by these this talk of ambition. You know what the game is that did it in, in for me was dust 514 once that game mm. came and was and was supposed to be this ambitious amazing connected next level kind of thing and it was just garbage. I was like fuck this shit. I don't I don't believe what anyone says until the game's out. So for me publishers lie all the time and develop like and I, I, I lie but i but i'm not lying. developers yeah. use the power of persuasion all the time yeah. i'm just straight lying to you uh so publishers really don't tell the truth a lot or bend the truth a lot and 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 developers are way too ambitious all the time i don't blame either of them because i mean publishers are in it to make money and developers are in it to be creative and they want to reach you know these goals so i'm not blaming or pointing fingers at anyone it's just like you, you're in this industry long enough to play enough games you know that your expectations should be leveled for games that are unproven quantities to right. your point. So uncharted, we expected to be great. I expect horizon is going to be great too, but, um, I think, but uh, no I, man's sky, I think is going to be this game that exists. And I think I'm, I am super interested to see what the final product is. And I want to see what that Metacritic score, even though that's, right. you know, not a great gauge. I just want to see if it settles. Cause I think it can settle anywhere between literally a five to thing, a nine. I, mean, the, I don't know I, where it's going to be. The thing
1: about it though, I think that the Metacritic score and review scores are also going to be extremely harsh because I think people are going to play it and it's going to be like oh. This is a fun experience. I mean, I've played it, right? I played it at E3 last year, right? Yeah, with Kevin. And then Kevin went down and played it more and did the Sean Murray interview for us a couple uh, months ago now. And playing it, it is fun. I like the idea of it, but I totally, I don't see it being like, it's not a game I'm going to sit there for eight hours at a time and play. It's going to be an experience to jump in. Cool. Tool around and get out of. And I think that there's going to be tons of reviewers who get it and do have the idea of like, oh, right. This is the game that they've hyped for years when in reality, they have but it's not like it has been a constant stream of hype it has been oh here's a show let's check in oh my god everybody freaks out about this game and i do think most reviews are going to start off and be like something less than galactic you know what i mean that's how it's going to that'll be like the tagline of these things and that expectation is going to hurt it coming in and it won't be judged as if it was a joe danger game that just popped up and I was like oh what's this i want to give a, pr- a shout out to the new tmnt game that came out jim sterling reviewed it yeah i think it was jim
2: sterling that gave the strap line turtle poop Ah, but I said a total soup which I thought was pretty good very clever uh, but regardless of the expectations of the game regardless of who's making the game the nature of the game the uh, hate and vitriol that have been spewed at Hello Games and Straw is uh, totally unacceptable and people need to really get a grip you yeah. know you're embarrassing yourselves you're embarrassing everyone you're embarrassing the gaming industry and your fucking generation of gamers and what is the, what's um, the end result of that be? it's just silly if you leave game I'll kill you
1: when you're never gonna get the game it's I'm just, dead it's just
2: bizarre <laughs> like it's it really the internet's just The internet just kind of sucks sometimes, man. I I just, I I just, for the the power it has and it wields and we're all connected to each other now, it's just like, it's so fucking shitty too, man. Like, it's just so unacceptable. So, to Benjamin's
1: point, if you want to be, if you want to see change, be be the the change. change. Get out there and compliment people and tell them they're doing good. And when you finish a game, email that, or not email, DM that company, fucking tweet, do whatever. Tell people. You you know what? Just don't do anything. You know what? Just go about your life. (laughs) Go back to your fucking vegetable farm. Number two.
2: Sony has revealed that the PlayStation 4 has officially hit the 40 million sold mark after only 30 months on the market, averaging about 1.3 million units sold per month for the duration of its time on the market. At 40 million sold, PS4 is the 8th best-selling home console of all time and the 13th best-selling piece of hard- gaming hardware of all time, when counting handhelds. N64 is directly behind it at 32.9 million units sold, while SNES occupies the next spot on the list at 49.1 million units sold. Sony expects to sell 20 million more consoles by March 31st, 2017, for, which will bring the projected console total to 60 million sold, bumping in just behind NES's 61.9 million units sold. And that's when you're cooking. Yeah. When you're getting up when you're getting up that high because it's going to pass the SNES. Obviously, it will pass the NES, obviously. And that's when you're really getting into like the big kids club. Right. That's when you're approaching PS3 and Xbox 360. Then you're approaching PS1 and Wii. And then God forbid you would get anywhere near PS2, you know. Um, so congratulations. I'm million sold in 30 months is a lot of units uh, for context. Um PS3 sold about 80 million units in its life and it's still on sale. So now
1: when they inevitably release 4.5, did those numbers roll into these, you think, or do they have to I just hope I would presume so, yeah, yeah, because I think that it's the same thing with DS.
2: All the all the DS is even there's a new three DS that has a new processor in it or whatever too. So it's like and they all count as the same. Just be so sure. I would assume so. But I I guess that's up to the bean Injection. counters, not me. Number three, PlayStation 4 software has also hit a huge milestone with two hundred and seventy point nine million games sold on the platform across retail and digital channels since the consoles launch in November of 2013. That makes for an impressive attach rate of 6.8 games per console sold, Dang. which is a lot of games. It's a yep. lot of games for a console. Um, now, these could be $5 games. These could be free games, uh, but 6.8 games. And you have to assume for... So that means really, I mean, everyone knows how averages work for the person that bought a game, the, the console for Uncharted or one game. There is someone out there with 13, 14 games. There are people out there like us. I think I probably have... 125 PS4 games, maybe more. Yeah. So, you know, we are definitely spiking the ball there a little bit too, but.
1: Sure. Do we count? I mean, most of those are codes we're given for reviews. I think it just
2: counts because it's probably data garnered from
1: PSN. Cool. You would
2: assume. But anyway, congratulations to them. It's a lot of games. Number four, The Last Guardian is mercifully still on track for a 2016 (laughs) release. (laughs) Word comes by way of Edge Magazine, which talked to game creator Fumito Ueda. He said, quote, since this is the year we will see the game's release, I do have some worries, but I'm also very excited, and quote. That's enough confirmation for us.
1: <laughs> That's enough. Done. It's happening. I think
2: the date will be announced at E3, obviously, and I think that it'll be soon, August, I'm telling is you, what they I'm they saying. Throw the Switch. It's available now. They shouldn't do that to that game. There's no way, because it'll be a retail game, too, and there's no way they're going to be able to hide that it's published and stuff like that. Plus, the trophies will pop up, and all sorts of other shit will happen. I don't so. know.
1: Maybe it won't be a retail game. Maybe they... Maybe,
2: maybe... Do you think it's going to be a digital-only game they invested. 10 plus years
1: and you have to assume tens of millions of dollars over budget and they're going to release it. I'm saying, I mean, like that's the whole thing. I think at some point they have to cut their losses. You want to talk about fucking no man's sky in expectations. Talk about this fucking game. Oh, there's no way. There's no way it's going to read. And that's the whole thing is why not do it? Sure. And it's available right now because that gets you a huge blast of goodwill. You're releasing this awesome game, this awesomely perceived game. This game is perceived to be awesome.
2: You were touching my hand. I I did. Well, I reached out because I was trying to stop you from immediately biting
1: my head off. I don't know if you like it enough. I like it. I like it. It's not, It doesn't matter. Uh, I think you put it out, you get all that goodwill, and then you say, yeah, if you do want a, digi- a store, whatever, if you want a disc-based copy, it is coming in the next weeks or whatever. It's coming on this thing. But if you want it right now, we're happy to announce it's up right now, and it's this thing, and da-da-da. Like, how, you think it's going to be a 6 dollars game? Yeah. Absolutely. Ballsy. I
2: don't know if it's ballsy. I mean, uh, you there's a... It's the same thing we're talking about, Ratchet, although I think that it worked out in the benefit of Ratchet. Ratchet and Clank sold way better than I think they expected. And obviously that was true at retail channels because they ran out of games. Yeah. Um, but I think if you budget price Last Guardian, you are budget pricing the con- the the perception of the game as well. You have to say that this game is high end and worth the time and and wait. But I I mean I hope I'm wrong about that game too. But I don't think that game's gonna be anywhere near like what no. people think it's gonna and be. I think that, and I think if I were them, and I know it's easy to say I would have canceled that game like six years ago. So it's sure. not. So it's, for me, it's like. I would have been like, you're all fired and we're not putting the game out. I think,
1: I mean, for me, I think you put, I mean, this is all crazy talk. And I don't, this is just talk from the other side of the window, right? I have no idea what's really happening in the building. I don't know how the game is coming along. We don't know what exactly we're getting. I'd put it out for like 20 bucks PSN. And I would be like, there it is. Cause I think the, the person you are attracting with that game, you aren't, that is no longer a system seller. There's the people who are like super into that are the super nerds like us watching this show and making the show. They are the one, and they are the ones who are on PSN and behind digital downloads and totally into it. And maybe it comes out in the $20 expectation. The PSN expectation sets it correctly where you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is definitely not going to be what it was going to be. But I don't think you have like the, it's not like you're riding the wave of success anymore of what Team Eco was, where you can say, well, there's a whole bunch of people who owned it on PS2 and now they're ready to buy a PlayStation 3 for it or do this for it. Yeah, people bought a PS3 for that. Game, yeah, I know. Which is really sad when you think about it.
2: Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it all turns out. I'm trying to keep an open mind about it, but I, I just I just know better. You know, like it's not, I don't, I, I personally have of the mind that Eco and Shadow of the Colossus are both not as great as everyone thinks they are anyway. So yeah. it's, it's they're fine. They're very artistic games, very unique games. Shadow of the Class is a very beautiful game. I don't think Eco holds up that well, but um, in any respect, I actually think Shadow of the Class is controls really cumbersomely and all that no, kind of stuff. 100%, that's 100%. Um, but me like, I mean, they're very fact. ambitious and interesting games, but I, I, was never, I was never that excited about The Last Guardian. And frankly, I'm like way more excited to just see what the hell it is.
1: Yeah, no, just honestly, at least the I'm yeah, a goddamn see, game already. I want to watch reactions. I want to know how that game came. Yeah, out. I really now you 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 told me the other day, just as we were heading, like literally as we were heading into the kind of funny blackout tunnel for kind of funny live that IGN went and did it. Did you read any of that coverage? Like what are they? No, I don't want to read
2: anything. But okay. I saw Edge magazine had something, and it seems like some outlets were invited to Japan gotcha, Studio. Gotcha, gotcha. We weren't invited. We have the biggest PlayStation podcast in the world. It's so no big deal. We weren't invited to go. <laughs> no, no big deal. Number five. Dragon Quest Builders is officially coming west. This surprised me. Word comes by way of Square Enix, which announced the news on the PlayStation blog. Unlike recent Square Enix releases in the West, the Vita iteration will come over alongside yeah. the PS4 version. Dragon Quest Heroes will launch in October in the West at retail and digitally and on Vita digitally only. So PS4, digital retail, Vita, digital only. For those unfamiliar, Dragon Quest Heroes is essentially a Dragon Quest-themed Minecraft game. And I'm actually really looking forward to playing it. It looks really cool. Um, you're but I like Minecraft Dragon fan. Quest a lot. I like that IP. And... uh it's the same reason why I played Dragon Quest uh, Heroes for a little while. The Musso from Omega Force. Uh-huh. Uh, I played it for 10 hours or so. I would have played a Musso for 15 minutes before gouging my eyes out of my head. So um, that IP goes a long way for me um, with uh, you know, g- genres, genres of games you that I otherwise about. wouldn't care yeah. about. Exactly. Yeah. So congratulations because a lot of people have really wanted that game um, and it seems like they see some value in bringing a Vita version over which I think is interesting. We're still waiting obviously for some other Vita games to come over from Square and I that way I'll we'll forget get them. Number six, speaking of Minecraft, Minecraft Battle Minigame is coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PS Vita in June via Mojang and Microsoft. Mojang? Battle Minigame is essentially a series of multiplayer minigames to be played in various versions of Minecraft across the PlayStation platforms. Up to eight players can play together competitively on PS4 and PS3 online and four on Vita. On PS3 and PS4, up to four players can play together locally. Um, it was weird to see a post from Microsoft. I was going to say it's newsworthy the, because
1: yeah. it's Microsoft still supporting these PlayStation versions, mm-hmm. which there's so much concern when they bought. Moyang. Mo Yang.
2: Mo Yang. Number seven. Well, it looks like GameStop is expecting console announcements at E3. Word comes by way of GameSpot, which relayed GameStop CEO Tony Bartell's words from an earnings briefing. He said, quote, we expect E3 to focus on key titles in the back half of the year and console announcements. We also expect VR to generate significant gaming consumer and pressed interest, end quote. Since we know NX won't be at E3, since Nintendo has officially said so, this presumably only leaves room for either or the new rumored PlayStation 4 and Xbox iterations. Um, it's worth noting that the rumors about the new Xbox one is that it is massively po- uh, powerful and going to be significantly more powerful than the benchmarks rumored and leaked for PS 4.5. Right. Um, I didn't include that here to begin with, but it seems like the new Xbox one is going to be a beast. Um, cause it'll be
1: basically a PC, right? I and mean, the innards trying to keep it up with the rest. of I the, hope the, it's as big parody. as
2: the, <laughs> the ridiculously large console we have right now, uh, from Xbox, <laughs> which is the size of a 1982 beta max. Player. Can't shrink it. Don't know how. Sorry. I remember, and I know I've made fun of it in the past, but I remember when PS4 was announced, I was like, wow, that thing, you know, we didn't know what it looked like. Then we saw it, I was like, that thing's fucking small. And then Xbox One was announced, and I'm like, that is the biggest piece of hardware I've ever seen in my life. Everybody's like, it's no. It's bigger, it's like really bigger than the original Xbox. Like, in my mind, I think it's comparable, if not even a little bigger, and it's certainly heavier. Um, and I remember people, like, you're crazy. They're the same size. And I'm like, they're not the same size. And lo and behold, like, I don't understand how inelegantly they made that fucking thing. It's so ugly and huge. True. So I want them to, and rumor is that they're going to release a slimmer. Rumor has it. So we'll see. We will. Number eight. New Titanfall 2 information has emerged, at least in the form of some rumors on Reddit. A user there named I love Google Glass. All one word, Greg. OK, I can't trust him already. States that the game will launch in October of 2016, that pilots have been granted a bunch of new abilities, such as a grappling hook, and that the multiplayer maps have been scaled in size. A lot of rumors starting about this game. The buzz is starting about it. We'll likely get more concrete information from EA itself at E3 in a few weeks. So close. Um, the rumored release date will have it alongside Battlefield, which is why I don't know if it's true, but I think it probably is. But EA releasing two shooters right next to each other within maybe a couple of weeks is a little weird.
1: Yeah. Different Number audiences, you figure, though. Possibly, yeah.
2: Number nine. It looks like Batman Arkham Knight is getting a Game of the Year edition, even though I don't think anyone of consequence named it Game of the Year. Amazon Germany seemingly leaked the game, which is purportedly due out in July on PS4 as well as Xbox One. What it contains is still unknown, and it hasn't officially, as it hasn't yet been officially revealed. You assume it's all the DLC. And, that and seems
1: weird. Why don't just put it? Why not make? Why not just put it in the one Batman collection you're putting out yep. already? That's what I was thinking too. The Ultimate Arkham Edition. And they put
2: origins in the oh, yeah, Origin. Number ten, PlayStation E3 Experience is back this year, yeah. and will allow gamers in the U.S., Canada, and Latin America for the first time to watch Sony's E3 press conference live from various movie theaters on Monday, June 13th. Tickets are free and will be available at playstation.com e3experience and tickets will be provided on a first-come, first-served basis. You can find more information including cities and movie theaters supported at the PlayStation blog. So if you want to get in on that, that was apparently pretty popular last year. Okay. Uh, if you want to get in on that, go be with your fellow PlayStation fans and movie theaters theaters
1: near you. Make sure that you bring your mobile device with the Twitch app on it. We'll be doing, of course, pre- and post-shows for all the press conferences, including this here, PlayStation 1, the final one, the granddaddy of them all. On Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, then we go to E3 and we do a bunch of coverage for you there. Uh, oh, my life is so hard. I see these video uh, games. Uh, uh, I walk around this hot building. I see games. I have to talk to people. Uh, uh, number eleven. Wrap up.
2: A new roguelike called Loot Rascals from the creators of Hokum comes to PS4 in early 2017. Okay. Arcade platformer Super Mutant Alien Assault comes to PlayStation 4 this summer. Online martial arts game Absolver comes to PS4 at an unknown point in the future. Survival horror slash stealth action game Yamawari Night Alone comes to PS Vita on October 25th. This is an NIS game. Bite-sized RPG Moonhunters comes to PS4 on June tw- uh, July 12th. The idea behind that game apparently is that each game is about 45 minutes long. Oh, interesting. And finally, Ibuki has been announced for Street Fighter V from Street Fighter Three.
1: So um, that's it. I mean, very light week for news. Okay. Yeah, that was all she wrote. Well, I can't wait to play as a buki in Street Fighter or whatever the fuck. But, that's not out yet, Colin. If I wanted to know what was in the digital and retail mom and grop shops, where do I go?
2: You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation software, both PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software. By the kind of funny co-founders. <laughs> now, let's see what kind of illiterate shit is written on this thing that it, this, this week. Now, I'm already concerned because I scroll down just to look at the games. Everything's uh-huh. in order. Everything's great. And then suddenly... At the very bottom is a game that starts with an A, and then you see an N behind it. They're, so these aren't even in alphabetical order anymore.
1: Suddenly Seymour...
2: But I, I'm just infuriated that they're not in alphabetical order, because this is Dang. driving me fucking crazy now. Now they're just fucking with me.
1: So we're just gonna, we're, now we're just going to read them. Who in the wrote it, order Who the, wrote this one?
2: Sid Schumann. So he's fucking with you. Sid Schumann, be fucking with you. Dangerous Golf comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on the 3rd, so this is a Friday release. It says, Welcome to the world of Dangerous Golf, an arcade-style sports game with a very explosive twist. Rack up scores by causing as much damage and destruction as possible. So it's pain. I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and pass. Yeah, it's it's pain pain. and golf. Dead Island Riptide Definitive Edition. Comes to PS4 digital and retail. Welcome to the zombie apocalypse experience of a lifetime and now more beautiful than ever. Caught in the midst of an epic zombie outbreak on the tropical island of Benoit. Your only thought is colon survival with an exclamation point. (laughs) Please write better. The next game is Dead Island. Definitive collection it comes to PS4. Digital and retail it says smash heads, crack skulls and slice them up with visceral melee combat and true story based four player co-op in a sprawling open world. Just waiting for exploration. True story based four player co-op. The fuck does they're that not mean? half ass in the story? This is a story based game. True story. So they're not saying true story. They're saying true story based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. This is based three, on real events. Dead Island is not based on real events to our knowledge. There's three hyphenated terms sure. right next to each other, which is just not going to do it for me. No, you're not. You're not a fan of that. Delta Strike First Assault comes to Vita Digital. It's got, I like how they just brought over their App Store icon. Jump into intense action with your favorite aircrafts. Aircrafts. Like
1: classic airplanes. What? You, you, aircrafts? Cry the word. You're fine to get away with that. It's probably like Aircraft. fish. It's probably like fish. There's different kinds of fish. They're fishes. Jump into intense action with your favorite aircraft. Wouldn't There's it? There's multiple aircrafts. You could probably
2: get some helicopters. Like airplanes, jets, helicopters, and even a drone. Uh, Blast your way through buildings, missiles, bullets, tanks, helicopters, jets, and much more. Thank you for using the Oxford comma. I appreciate that. Actually, no, you didn't use the expert comment. Never mind. Fuck you. (laughs) Hard Reset Redux comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on Friday. Hard Reset Redux is an action-packed and hardcore single-player shooter which embraces the best qualities that the genre has. It says, Hard Reset Redux is an action-packed and hardcore single-player shooter which embraces the best qualities that the genre has it offer. It includes over-the-top destruction, loads of enemies, great weapon variety, a challenging campaign, and a beautifully realized cyberpunk setting. That was all fine, except for the glaring grammatical error. Someone has to read these. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Please read them. How much would you offer your services to proofread this one post for the PlayStation? $1,000 a week. Damn, that's kind of high. But I'm a professional. Kick and Fennec comes to PS4 Digital. This is out on the 2nd, so this is a Thursday release. Of course, Kick and Fennec was a Vita exclusive. And then that's,
1: Here's another dead Vita exclusive. Put, add it into the graveyard of Vita Island. It's actually a pretty cool game. I actually really like the design of this
2: game a lot. I'll be interested to see how it, how it translates. Do you play a lot of it? I forget. Uh, I actually played a little bit of it. My nephew actually played quite a bit of it on my Vita when I went home last year and uh, watched him play, and he got decently far in it. The, the mechanic of the game is you have a gun that you point in the opposite direction you want to go, and that's the like platforming mechanic, and it shoots you around. It's like, that's pretty cool. And the, the design, I think, is pretty neat. I just feel bad that they stranded it on Vita.
1: Now it's off. Another one cast off Vita Island. Kick and Fennec is a
2: smooth and easygoing platform adventure about Kick, a little boy with a very big gun and a small flying robot named Fennec. Could use a little more information, but that's fine. MotoGP 15 get, comes to PS3 digital. harder and harder on it every week, I think. That's what people are saying. People are just shut up about it. I'm like, well, I won't because I'm telling you, this isn't okay. I'm just letting you know. Okay. Someone's got to change this. Okay. MotoGP 15 comes to PS3 digital. The thrilling MotoGP series is gearing up again. Delve into new game modes. Build and personalize your team in an exciting career mode and win countless competitions to become the best. That's I want to be. I'm out. All right, good. Tweet that with tell them, good job. One Piece Burning Blood comes to PS4 and Vita digital. PS4 version will be available retail. Take to the sea in this dynamic fighter starring the world's favorite pirate crew. <laughs> Use devil fruit. Hacky techniques. And punishing combos to turn the tide in the ultimate three versus three one piece battle royale. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that. But if you guys want to if you guys want to play the world, your world's favorite pirate. I was going to say, you know who pirates You like pirates. You know these guys here you go. Oxenfree comes to PS4 uh, interesting. digital. Oxenfree is a supernatural thriller about a group of friends who unwittingly open a ghostly rift plays Alex, a bright teenager who brings her new stepbrother Jonas to an overnight party on an old military island. That's how you write the description.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Oxen I wasn't free. super high on Oxenfree, but I had a bad experience playing it on PC. So I'm thinking I might do another run of it because I did. It, it's enjoyable. I want to give it another shot. Plague Inc. Evolved comes oh. to PS4 Digital. I feel like Why I used to play this, this game motherfucker on not on Vita?
2: I feel like I used to play this game on browser. Oh, really? It's on. Like it was, it was big on
1: your phone. Mm. A lot of people still play it.
2: Your pathogen has just infected patient zero. Now you must bring about the end of human history by evolving a deadly global plague while adapting against everything humanity can do to defend itself.
1: Super weird this isn't on Vita.
2: Yeah, it's a little annoying, isn't it? The PS2 game Primal comes to PS4 digital. Help search for a loved one in a frightening world of demons and darkness. Thanks, Sony. Score Rush Extended comes to PS4 digital. World's first widescreen dual stick bullet hell made for you for all gamers. Empower the player philosophy. I'm not even reading the rest. Are you fucking kidding me with this? World's first widescreen dual stick bullet hell made for you for all gamers. Empower the player philosophy, pure finely tuned gameplay. These are just no gimmicks.
1: Points. These are bullet points. Somebody's supposed to use to write the actual description. So I think the idea is that they have no
2: gimmicks, so they're not. They have no. They have no time for for flowery <laughs> prose. I guess. I guess. I don't know how much more I can read this. Any like this? Do this segment? If this is the way it's going to have to go, because I it's understand. actually making me dumber.
1: <laughs> You're Shadow, forgetting information you need to know about grammar. <laughs> Shadow Blade Reload
2: comes to PS4 Digital. Shadowblade is an action platformer set in a visually striking world where the ancient teachings of ninjas and samurai clash upon a modern landscape as they do. That's OK. OK. There came an echo comes to PS4 digital. There came an echo is a real time strategy game in which the player assumes command of a small squadron using an advanced voice recognition system to issue orders. I don't know if I want to play that. Neon Chrome comes to PS4 digital. Experience a ruthless top-down cyberpunk shooter and blast your way through enemies and walls. The path to stopping the overseer is ever-changing.
1: You love shooting walls.
2: I love shooting through them, especially. Paranautical activity comes to PS4 and Vita Digital, and it is cross-buy. Paranautical activity combines the classic FPS action of games like Doom and Quake with the randomness and difficulty of modern roguelikes like Binding of Isaac and Spelunky. Sounds interesting. And finally, Art of Balance, which for some reason is at the bottom of the list, even though it starts with an A, comes to PS4 digitally. And it says, grab your DualShock 4 and build a balanced stack in this physics-based puzzler. All our art of balance is easy to pick up and hard to put away. I don't want to give us hard to put away. I want to put it again. that's hard to put down. I don't want to put it away. You got to clean up. And you got to like... Busting their balls. That gotta, one counts. That one counts. No, yeah. You got to put
1: it back on your shelf. That's putting it away. The comments. Nobody. Does anybody care? Is anybody pointing out spelling errors? Nobody cares. Colin, time for the topic of the show. I care. Tots, 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 tots. this one comes of course from kind of funny.com slash PSQ where you can go to post your question and maybe get it made at topic of the show it comes from Darth musician hey Colin and Greg I was out of the country for a couple of months for school and missed a couple of console game releases due to a lack of access to my PS4 abroad. Luckily, I did have my PS Vita with me, and I was happily living on Vita Island for the past six months. However, now that I'm back home, one of the biggest games I missed was Fallout 4. And since returning, I've played through the game two times and am in love with it. It's now my third playthrough and I'm still discovering new things about the game. I was, al- I was also listening back on your Fallout 4 coverage and really agreed with many of your points. However, one thing that I would love to hear is your overall impressions now that you've assumedly finished the game and maybe your impressions of the ending. I found my ending a bit over- underwhelming and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts about the overall story. Thanks, Darth Musician. Y- we'll I so I'll leave it to you. We're going to say right away, right here, no spoilers. I won't spoil anything for you. But Fallout 4 is an interesting one. It's been on my mind a lot lately. I talked about it a bit on the Gamescast a bit more. We did a little bit here because I just ran through or I am running through the DLC, and the thing I find with the DLC and with the, ref, um, the DLC, I'm just not invested in. I start it up, Far Harbor. I jump in, I start playing, and as I've said before, and I won't beat it, you know, another dead horse here. It's just the fact that it's just like. All right, well, it's the end of the game. Like, what does it matter anymore? I've already made all these decisions that count. So now, when I'm, I'm, I, you know, in my first playthroughs, Taylor Swift, I did not. I was a good person. I didn't steal her money. I didn't beg. I didn't use my charms to get more money. Oh, I'm just getting fucking caps out of these people left and right. Uh, I, I, you know, put it down a few days ago, and I haven't gone back to it. Haven't thought about going back to it. It's totally not something that I'm being driven to play. Which is interesting because I was so into Fallout, and so. Saying that, I then think back to playing Fallout, and then I think about how much I've thought about Fallout since then, and I haven't. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Far Harbor and the DLC was coming, and I was like, okay, cool. Can't. I'm gonna, I'm looking forward. Looking forward. Looking forward to it. And then I got it. And I was like, all right. I don't feel like I was missing this experience. And I think this might. This is kind of similar to what happened with New Vegas, where I lo- I loved playing Fallout Three, but Fallout Three. I when I think back, I think a one mission where the ghouls were in the hotel and you had to go clear them out and you talk to them. That's like the standout mission to me. Like I know a lot of people talk about the ending and your father and all these different things of Fallout Three. That was never a, a great hook for me. And then New Vegas came out, and I was like, "Well, I just had this experience." Whereas Fallout Four deprived me of that. And I love that gameplay of Fallout so much that I'm done with it. And I'm great. And it's still the same point though. Of just like, huh? Fallout Four was you know on our short list for Game of the Year before it came out. All these different things. Can't wait for it. It's gonna be amazing. Da da And we got it. And like we always said in the games cast, you know, Tim was like what are your expectations for this? And I'm like, I'm expecting just Fallout 3 again, but prettier, not by much, but prettier. And if I get that, that'll meet my expectations, but it needs to exceed that. And it never did. So looking back on Fallout 4, like you're saying it's your third playthrough. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like I, I enjoyed my playthrough of Fallout, but I never felt compelled to go back, especially when I, if anything, I'd, I'd want to keep exploring with Taylor, but I platinum Fallout 4. And it's just like, sit here now and I'm like I, I think that I, I liked Curie a lot I, I had a lot of good stories about her a lot of good memories about her in terms of like quest stuff though like maybe the Salem you know church or whatever how did I feel about the ending yeah the ending I thought was like all right whatever like you know every one of them I felt like yeah was whatever I I you know I sided with, and this isn't a spoiler because you, you obviously have to pick a side in this game I sided with the railroad thought they had the right things. Far Harbor actually asks a lot of important questions about the railroad, talking to some of the synths in there and stuff like that. It's like, oh, okay, You're good points here being raised. But again, it's too delayed. Maybe if I, if Far Harbor would have been out when the game was there, or if I would have waited for a complete definitive edition, I would have played through and had, you know, this would have added something to it. But that was the main thing, is where I really felt like all the decisions you made on what side or faction you wanted to go with, I was like, you all kind of suck. There's nobody in here. I'm, I think 100% is awesome. And so... You're in this weird spot now of like, what? Are, I don't even know what my final. You know, I loved Fallout Four. Don't get me wrong, Platinum Bit had a great time, but it I didn't expect it to be junk food. It was a junk food game where I played it, really loved it, and if you were to, I I'd put it on games you should play on PlayStation Four list, but not games that left a mark on me, whether it be story, whether it really be gameplay. because I think Fallout Four is a story of not lowered expectations, but unmet potential. They had so much time with it. It was another Fallout. Oh, I can't wait. And it's, oh, it's just more Fallout 3. That's that's fine. That's cool. Like, I like the systems and I like this. And I'm glad they put a voice into it. But it's not redefining the genre. Like, Fallout 3 was such a huge move and so different. And one of the reasons it was so beloved. Whereas Fallout 4 was just more of the same, which isn't bad. But it also puts it into this thing of just like, huh. I, 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 no, this isn't like a persona. This isn't an Uncharted. This isn't a game where... I would want to play it four times and go through and do all these different things. Yeah, I think the caveat's important for me
2: is that I never beat it. Um, we got it early in October, and and uh, I played it for about 25 hours, maybe a little bit more. And I was just like, I don't want to play this anymore. I just... I just, Which was shocking to me. I played Fallout 3 several times. And I played New Vegas several times, too. And I platinumed Fallout 3, which is a hard platinum. Um, and uh, I feel like it was just... What I realized about it, and I started kind of mulling about things in the wake of Witcher 3 and Dying Light, which I think are both superior games to Fallout, is that, um, and I know some people are going to lose their minds, I mean, whatever, is that um, there's just no excuse anymore for this kind of game. Like, there's, they, this game just doesn't doesn't look right. This game doesn't feel right. Um, and it might be ambitious, and that might have been an excuse, but I think we're, I think we're kind of going through the, the looking glass now with, with Bethesda in terms of... Um, just making excuses for the studio and there's just no reason to make excuses for that anymore because now look what CD Project's doing and look what Techland's doing and and all these developers that are making these vast open world games that work and are beautiful and are fun and they play right. I mean, even look at something like Far Cry 3 or Far Cry 4 or Far Cry Promo. These games are all in open worlds that are just as vast and just as big and just as popular and just as fun to play in and they fucking play competently. You know, um, there's just something missing in Far Cry or Fallout and I think it's, it's the gameplay. You know, like that's, it was, there's, there's, See Fallout really nails ambience and atmosphere, and that that thrill of exploration, that thrill of discovery, and I think that they do that really well. But it's it's starting to get harder and harder in my mind to think about F- Fallout Four as a game that I really want to go back and play because it's like there's just these other games that are way more competitive. In my and and I'm a 31 year old man. I have other things to do. I I need to I need to be caught and captured by these games. I'm not going to. If, if it was two years ago, I would have played Fallout Four and just grinned and barred it and beat it. Yeah. You know, I probably would have platinumed it. But like it just I just don't want to play games I don't want to play anymore. And Fallout 4 was disappointing. It, it just to me, it was just it sure. was good. It was great even. But I'm like, I i hyped this up in my mind so much. It's my own fault. Yeah. And and to me, it just didn't meet expectations. It's a game that was made in a vacuum by a studio that does not look at the outside world, apparently. And what they really need to do, I think, over there, with all due respect, is just they need to rebuild their engine. I know that this is going to require a lot of work. They can afford it. They make a lot of money. I can't imagine how many copies Skyrim still sells. I can't imagine how many copies Fallout 3 and New Vegas, especially in the lead up to Fallout 4. So they make a shit ton of money over there. Hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, probably, from yeah. these games. Um, build a new engine. Make it run and look like a game that comes from this year, from this era. Looks and feel don't usually go hand in hand with me, because I usually don't. I care about the way the game feels and not usually the way the game looks. But we're getting so advanced now that it's sometimes hard to go back. Um, and you put Witcher 3 or Dying Light next to this game just aesthetically and you're like, what is the excuse? Like what why do we make excuses anymore for this? Right. Um so to me, it was just Fallout 4. I-, I played it for about a week pretty voraciously in the fall, and I never went back. And I just don't know that I'm ever going to. I I-, I-, I just I just there's just so many other games competing for my mind share right now. I just don't sure. I
1: just can't dedicate it to it. And that's what's interesting about me is like I wasn't disappointed in Fallout 4. Like it met expectations. Do I wish it was more? Sure, but I wasn't disappointed in it. And that's what I'm trying now to separate. Far Harbor from it just in the fact of jumping in. And it is like to go from, you know, blow the dust off this and jump in and like, all oh, right, what was I building my skill tree to do? Like, what was I using my special for? Where was I going with this? And it's all over the place now. And I don't know. You know it's just like the heart isn't there for me yeah, anymore. It, it the almost, heart before it was like me and my relationship with Cur- Curie or whatever and going through and building on that. And so then, and then I'm just back here and it's like, Oh, Hey Nick Valentine. Yeah. What are we? All right. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. I, maybe, I think I, I might be judging, just jumping back into DLC to make, I mean, letting that reflect too much on my Fallout 4 experience. It's possible. I mean, Fallout, I mean, well, I'm certainly in the minority on this. I
2: mean, Fallout 4 is a beloved game, but I just feel like there are games, you know, as I get older, there are games that just capture my attention more. Yeah. And it's not necessarily any kind of game. Like, I, I, you know, I can't predictably say anymore that an open world RPG is going to capture my attention like I would have two years ago. I would have played all of them. Um but with the advent of, like, when I started running into just role-playing games generally that I did not like several years ago, like Dragon Age, for instance, which I think is a bad game, um, and that's I know a lot of people don't agree with that. I just think it's not a good game, um, and that was more than a few years ago now. What well, I really started to become, like, a little more apprehensive of jumping into certain games anymore. It's the same reason why I'm apprehensive about Final Fantasy 15, Even though I think it's going to be good, I think it's maybe going to be disappointing to people. And why I get more excited about a game like Persona 5, yeah. even though I'm not a Persona fan, just I know that that game's probably going to deliver on the promise of quality. Um, and people are really going to enjoy it. I think you can kind of predict these things further out. But what I'm realizing is that I'm not able to predict the games that are capturing my attention anymore. Uh, Downwell is a game, for instance, the only game I really played last week because we were so busy. I was playing that on Vita a lot. Um, What a great game. And it's so so simple in premise, and it's so basic in its aesthetic, and it's so uh, predictable in its execution, yet I enjoy playing it more than I enjoy a game with a $100 million budget and a seventy-hour campaign, and that says a really a lot about where we are, I think, with games today. Where I just don't think, you know, we were talking about this. I think even with Jeff Gerstmann on the Games Cast, where you can't, you never really should have judge a game like this, but it's becoming harder to judge a game based on its, based on how long it is, who made it, its budget, and all these kinds of things. Because I'm finding way more enjoyment out of Shovel Knight and way more enjoyment out of Rainbow Moon. Which is a very budget role playing game that yeah. I'm probably going to find out of Final Fantasy 15, and that says a lot where, where I'm at as a gamer. I'm so I'm trying to just like keep an open mind, but go, gravitate in the directions that I want to gravitate towards, and not really feel like I necessarily need to go back and play a game like Fallout 4 because it just didn't capture me the first time. So well, why is it going to capture me the second
1: time? My thing about it is you use some interesting terminology for it. You call it you know it's a beloved game to many. Is it like I really th- when I stop and think about like the amount of conversations I've had about Fallout 4 since the release of Fallout 4, and it's like zero. When we go to packs and we, when we do conversations, even when we do this show, we're not getting a lot of questions about it, right? Like, I feel like Darth Musician's kind of in a time capsule. I was gone. I missed this. Now I'm playing it for the first time. I want to talk about it, da da da. And I'm, and I'm. that was how we. I was. That's how we were. That's how Christine was when we did the review and stuff. And I agree, again, I enjoyed Fallout 4. But now with Far Harbor not working, I look back and I'm like, I haven't thought about Fallout 4 forever. You know what I mean? Like, really, once we played it and it was like, oh, this isn't game of the year. Nope. And it's not bad. It's just not the best game of the year, necessarily, or whatever. There's all these other things going on. It kind of fades away. It falls out. I just don't... Uh, I have. I just don't think anyone talks about it. What anymore.
2: I'd be interested with this gentleman is if he was gone for a while. Context, I think, is really important for this game. And I wonder if he played Witcher. Now, I don't... Now, I don't think Witcher is... A, I think Witcher is an overrated game. I mean, I've said that before. But Witcher 3 is way better than Fallout. And, and in every way. Yeah. And so I wonder... If he played that game and if I was at CD project, right, I'd have a pretty big dick right now because like I'd be I'd be like, well, like we are dominating this sure. this particular genre and people are way more excited about cyberpunk than they're probably gonna be about the next uh, you know, fallout game or maybe even the next Elder Scrolls game because like we really delivered. And people, no one expected us to do that. Yeah. Meanwhile, expectations, um, you know, the expectations are going to be way different for the next Bethesda game. And that's what I'm trying. That's what that's it, you see, separating Bethesda game studios as a developer from Bethesda as a publisher. I think they're kind of going in different directions. I'm not going to say it's Todd Howard and Bethesda game studios is in any sort of trouble because they're not. I mean, they're going to make another game. that's will sell 10 million copies or whatever. I mean, it's fine. But Bethesda pub- as publisher has really been doing really well with Wolfenstein and with Doom and with some of these games, they're going to release Dishonored, which I'm sure is going to be great. So they're releasing these kind of variety of games and becoming a very like very robust publisher of games. But their home studio, I think, is actually not their weak link, but the one that needs a shake up the most, you know, mm, um, mm. more than maybe arcane, more than maybe certainly more than machine games, um, certainly more maybe than id, you know, on delivering a new sort of vision. And what I would love to see from Elder Scrolls six, which I'm sure is going to be their next game is um, just don't do don't even I would just like tell the team, like, just stop. And we need a new engine. Yeah. We need an engine that pushes the boundaries. We need to swallow our pride and look at some of these studios that are embarrassing us on an execution level in terms of aesthetic, in terms of engine, in terms of how it runs. And we need to come back and really astonish people with what we're going to do next. And I think that maybe that's the, the the word. Maybe you're right about Fallout 4, but I know that there's a hardcore Fallout 4 audience out there. Maybe it's not as hardcore as Fallout 3. Um, and I think and
1: and that's what I'm probably judging it against when Fallout 3 is all anyone could talk about and you talk about landmark games and things that change you talk about Fallout, Fallout 3 whereas they feel like Fallout 4 came out and again I enjoyed it everyone most people I know who played it enjoyed it at the time we all talked about it but it was one of those that we talked about it and then we never talked about it again. There's
2: nothing wrong with like looking at what other people are doing. Right. I'm not saying that they're not doing that. It just seems like that, that Fallout 4 had reacted to nothing going on around it. Sure. That it was like, was let's the- make
1: Fallout 3 three.
2: Yeah. Like, and, and, and that, and that was, that was the weird thing. It's like, let's put this
1: fucking building game and nobody to. Do.
2: There would be no shame. And I'm sure Naughty Dog, you know, may, might've done it, might not, but there would have been no shame in Naughty Dog looking at Tomb Raider and been like, well, maybe we're going to learn a thing or two from this game. Yeah. Even though they learned a thing or two from us and kind of volley the ball back and forth a little bit. Um, And I think that that happens obviously in sports games a lot And I think that happens, obviously, with uh, some other genres as well. Fighting games. I'm sure that happens a lot. Mm. Uh, So I think that they just need to kind of expose themselves and they have the luxury. They have the money. They are from a very successful publisher. They do not have to release a game anytime soon. They can release Elder Scrolls six in five years and be totally fine. You know, Mm. so it's. That's my hope is that they just look inward and say, like, we have a lot to learn here because um, that after 25 hours of Fallout 4, which I think is plenty of time to get a feel for the game, plenty of time to get a feel for the things that they changed, what they shouldn't have changed. I think they changed all the things they shouldn't have changed. I think they, they got rid of things that they should have never gotten rid of. They dumbed down the RPG elements of the game, just like they did in Mass Effect. Not them, Bioware did not Mass Effect, mean. but the same thing happened in these series um, that un-RPG'd them in a lot of ways, and I just think that you have to kind of go in the opposite direction. Um, but that's my take, and I'm sure we'll see in the comments that a lot of people disagree.
1: Shocking. Email us. Or no, don't email don't, us. You you know, use don't, the email. You know, go don't to kindofunnycom of slash me. PSQ and post what you think fought for. Don't, go ahead and don't email me about that, though, please. You, you can email Colin's personal account no, at grumpy at gmail.com. <laughs> Colin!
2: Yes. It's trophy time. It is. So, uh, some new games up. Let me look at uh, Exo Phase real quick and just make sure we're not missing anything. I'll look. At uh, you you let's see. Nope, we're not missing anything. Okay, so there's a game. I don't even know what it is called Type Colon Writer. Typewriter. Ah. Coming to PS4 and Vita. Seven bronze, four silver, one gold. Silver and gold. Don't know what this game is. I'm going to talk about it. I've never heard of it. Resident Evil 5 trophies are up for the PS4 re-release, but we won't go over those. I'm sure they're the same as the PS3 game. Sword Coast Legends trophies are up, which would be interesting. Of course, Sword Coast Legends is being made by a developer that is closed. Um, 26 bronze, eight silver, four gold, and a platinum. Who's making it? Uh, let me look. I forget the name. They announced that they were closing last. Sword... Coast Legends wiki. And space. Defunct March 29, 2016. Lame. They were founded in 1994. By John Carpenter. By John Carpenter, that's correct. And they released a bunch of Duke Nukem games. Mary-Kate and Ashley games. Oh, Mark Nix is listening. They did Call of Duty Modern Warfare on... Nintendo DS. They did a bunch of DS games. Anyway, Sword Coast Legends is coming out. Sorry to see the studio closed. Obviously, I think we talked about that on Colin and Greg Live some time ago. Seems like the trophies are pretty straightforward. Completing quests, chapters, companion quests, finding things, etc., etc., etc. I'm interested to see how that game works out. Oxen freeze trophies are up. Oxford free has zero bronze trophies, three silver trophies, ten gold trophies, and a platinum. Very interesting.
1: Maybe
2: Gold for complete the story. Bring Michael back from the dead. Jonas is your new stepbrother. Make enemies with all your friends. Get Ren and Nona to date. These are all gold trophies. Along with collecting letters and finding frequencies. Slap Ren in the face. A trophy's called Renjamin Spanklin. Ha
1: it's
2: a gold trophy. So it seems like pretty straightforward. Maybe multiple playthroughs will be required. I'm super they interested def- in Austin No, no, one. no,
1: for sure. They're definitely required. Uh,
2: Plague Inc.'s trophies are up. We were talking about that game before. 40 bronze, 9 silver, Jesus 2 gold, Christ. and a platinum. Um, Plague Inc. has a platinum,
3: okay. Yeah, Plague Inc. This has a platinum. Game,
2: okay. Uh, a lot of trophies for winning a game with virus on normal difficulty. Win a game with fungus on normal difficulty. Win a game with parasite on normal did difficulty. You, you, do you remember playing this game? This game's great. I feel like I played this game on New uh, Newgrounds or what was that? What was that place called? Right? Or, Newgrounds is a thing, yeah. Or um, like Congregate. Congregate was definitely. that. Was the, I feel was like the, I played this game like years ago, but maybe it was a similar I, kind I of game. I played it
1: years ago on my phone, so okay. I wanted not not put it past so I it I So yeah.
2: I think it was like a, a flash game at some point. Gotcha. Um, sounds pretty cool. Stalker's Delight cause a nuclear meltdown. That's a silver trophy. Infect astronauts before they launch a space mission. Silver trophy. <laughs> Make the USA nuke Russia. Silver trophy. Complete all disease types on Mega Brutal difficulty.
1: Mega Brutal difficulty.
2: Gold trophy. Let's see if there's any other. There's not too many games up that we haven't talked about. Let's see what else is up right now. I guess that's kind of it. I mean, we talked about all these games, the other games last year. Okay. Or not not last year, last week. God, God. it's okay. My mind's not working. My mind's not working at all. Primal, the PS2 port, only has nine bronze and six silver, no gold. Weird. Prison Architect, which came out last week, has six bronze, 20 silver, four gold, one platinum. Nothing. There's a game called Metropolis Defenders, which I'm sure is not what you want it to be.
1: No, I guarantee it's not. Superman's on vacation. So no, it's an, anime, to, it's an anime uh, nerd game. It looks like dorks. Ziger probably loves it. So that's
2: it for the uh, trophies.
1: All right, Colin, mm. let's check in with the readers in reader mail. Maelstrom. mail call. Hello, readers. Ah, uh, hello, readers. Hello, viewers. Hello, listeners. This is your warning that next week's. PS I love you XOXO is the E3 predictions episode. where We'll run you through everything oh. we think will and will not happen at E3. I always win that episode. I'm very excited about this. Not this year. I got you. I got, I got tiger by the tail. Uh, so if you want to be part of that, write in to kindofunnycom slash PSQ with your E3 questions, predictions, write in with your questions. Actually, I don't give a shit about your predictions. <laughs> write in with your questions. <laughs> Let's go up through some questions for this week. Colin. Okay. Would you like a big uncharted for burger? Sure. I got three, I love uncharted 4 burgers. I got 3 juicy uncharted patty. 4. It's a triple patty for the uncharted burger. First one comes from Ripper Roo 22. Hey guys, it goes without saying that uncharted 4 is absolutely beautiful, not just with the graphics, which are probably the best I've ever seen for a console game, but the overall gameplay and the scenery. I found myself stopping for a couple of minutes whenever there was an amazing view, whether it be the top of a cliff in Madagascar or the top of a clock tower. My question is this, do you believe that Naughty Dog has pushed the PS4 to its very limits with Uncharted 4? I know that as a console generation goes on, games and graphics get better and better, but I'm not a graphics whore as some of these PC gamers tend to be. Do you believe that games can really get any more beautiful on current gen consoles than Uncharted 4? Thanks, Brad. Yes, 100% yes, Brad. Happens every time. Naughty Dog does this every time. I remember when we, I remember Uncharted 1 being thinking, Oh man, this game looks great. And Uncharted 2, holy shit, looks like... Be- it is inevitably going to go and get better and look better and do yeah. different things. As we've said in the past,
2: so I don't want to reiterate too much, the draw from Uncharted Drake's Fortune in 2007 to The Last of Us in 2013, all from the same studio... Are drastically different looking games running on identical hardware. So if you just take that evidence from from history, which is there, four yeah. games from Naughty Dog on PS3, all progressively looking better than each other. From the, from Drake's Fortune to The Last of Us is a massive quantum leap of games. The Last of Us looks like a PS4 game in my mind. Still, I haven't played it on PS3 in a few years, but I'm sure it's the looks. I remember. As good as I remember. Amazing, yeah. uh, then you have to assume The Last of Us Two or whatever. I don't think we're going to get more than one more game from Naughty Dog on on PS4 because just the way things are going now, they're not two teams anymore. But I think you'll get The Last of Us 2 towards the end of the PS4's life cycle, and I guarantee you it looks better than The Shard of Force. So, um, Are they finished two teams anymore? I think so. I think they folded them. They're two teams. I mean, they probably have a, an exploratory pre-pro team working on something, but yeah, I think they folded those teams together.
1: Interesting. So, um, I was under the impression that it was just they brought people over when they needed help on one project.
2: But I think that this basically is the, the de facto fold. I mean, otherwise, why don't you keep those teams together? I mean, think about um, Drake's Fortune to Among Thieves, two years Among Thieves to... Drake's Deception two years, Drake's Deception to Last of Us two years, then the Last of Us to this game Uncharted 4 is three years. Um, now there's a quad, there's a generational leap there, and they ported the Last of Us remastered um, internally at Naughty Dog, so there could be some some problems there as well. But it just doesn't seem like they have that. They they played that up a lot. That Uncharted three and the Last of Us weren't concurrently developed.
1: Well, it's because Uncharted three came out and then Last of Us got announced. Right, that was, that was the what? No, that can't happen. How is that possible?
2: And with who they have on with the assumption that the Last of Us two is the next game, and I'm sure it is. Uh, and who worked on Uncharted four and Neil and Bruce, yeah. you would have to assume that everything had a freeze on that game if they were working on it at all. But I could be. I haven't been there in a few years, so I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know, I don't know if I anything missed, off the record. I was
1: just wondering if I missed a story where they made a big. I just blow. think it's pretty
2: obvious that they you know? they pr- that was probably a mistake. You know to because then I think you create like a competitive atmosphere there too and I mean I don't know anything about that but I just it seems like maybe not a smart idea no I doesn't need to have that prolific output they just need to put out great games and so sure. I think that um, the fact that we were getting a game from them every two years is unbelievable and uh, you know we were blessed to get Uncharted 4 which I think is a fantastic game and and so I, I think you'll see with the last I think you're gonna see from a lot of developers um, that PS4 has a lot more power to be pushed out of it plus with the 4.5 coming out it's gonna have more processing power and all this so the games are going to demonstrably look better, I'm sure as well, um, on the Neo or whatever the fuck they decide to call this thing. This, this middle finger to everyone.
1: The middle fingered all the
2: fans. A little hyperbolic, I guess. Yeah. A little bit. Just a, yeah, little. just a little bit. That's how we get sometimes.
1: Next question comes in this triple patty from Mojo Man. He says, hey, Greg and Colin, now that Uncharted 4 is done, it seems pretty obvious that Naughty Dog will move on to The Last of Us 2, but let's say they weren't. Would you like them to explore other genres of games like a first-person shooter or an rpg Or do you think that they are so fantastic at making games because they know third-person action-adventure so well? Thanks, Joshua aka Mojo Man. Naughty Dog a developer. I would like to see do whatever they want to do I like the idea of them sitting there and this is what we're passionate about This is what we want to do. This is the story we want to tell We're going to apply that to this that and the other I want them to go make what they want to make and when we start doing these like hypothetical questions of this like i i would say based on what you're offering there stick with third person action adventure because yeah you do it so well that is your medium right now for storytelling but i would never put it past them to come out of the gate one day and be like all right cool we have been working on this first person rpg open world game and that would be fucking mind-blowing i have no idea what that would look like do i think that's what's happening no but it'd be exciting yeah they're not built to do it like uh, the the
2: the how did we know that Gorilla was working on a game like Horizon, right? We knew that they were working on an open world RPG because of the hiring that they were doing, right? They were yeah. hiring writers that worked on New Vegas. They were hiring people that were, that were you know, so, and there were rumors that this is what they were working on for a long time. And lo and behold, they were working on it for a long time because everything suggested that. I would want to see what, who Naughty Dog was hiring and how they were hiring, if they were hiring at right. all. And they probably, I, I don't assume that people come and go from there very often, but, uh, I mean, people will come and go, but we know that, but. There's probably not a, a big churn there because that's a very successful studio. I wouldn't want to leave if I made games there. I made Uncharted in the last one. I'd be like, well,
1: how, where do you go from here? It's the other thing, too, of um, bringing in people. You bring in people based on what you're putting out. So people are coming in wanting to make. Exactly. They don't want They're not going games. in there making platformers or something yeah. like
2: that, that. Like they were in the 90s. Um, so to me, uh, I agree with you that they stay in the third person perspective and they probably have an action adventure slant to their games. But the beauty of that is that that's just perspective. They could make a role-playing game out of that. They could do yep. whatever they wanted to do. I mean, you Uncharted in the the Last of Us is edging ever so slightly towards role-playing, crafting, um, with crafting and and discovery. So they could go in that direction. I don't think you're ever going to see a open-world, non-linear game from this Naughty Dog. Maybe in the future when they reassemble their team in 20 years or something like that. Like, I mean, you have to remember these are the guys they used to make role-playing games on the Genesis. So it's like, I mean, but that's a long thing. That's a, yeah, that's a very long time, time ago. Change. Um, this is the team that made Crash Bandicoot. So it is, it is a, you know, Jack and Daxter. So they have different kinds of roots there too. Um, and one of their first games was a skiing game. I mean, so, you know, they made a math game skifer. and all sorts of, yes, yeah, skifer. Um, and they made a math game and all these kinds of things. So it, was, it they, they've made some different kinds of games, but I expect that my, my expectation is that the last of us is going to edge the last Bus Two will edge more towards role playing even more than the last of us did. Um, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind that because a lot of that's back end architecture in a way to a game. It's the backbone of the game. So they can make their third person shooter and they could fit within the confines of their engine. I'm sure upgrade systems and leveling and all of these sliders that will you know, indicate how strong or weaker characters and all that kind of stuff. And they can do that. I just don't expect that the perspective is going to change. And so therefore, I don't think the core gameplay will change either. But it would be cool to see them make a deeper game. Um, and I think the last of us is probably their deepest game. And so I expect that the last of us two will be even deeper. Um, and I'd love to see what they're going to do with that. I, Cause when we were talking about with uncharted. Um, I was like, they better not put in, you know, upgradable weapons. Like none of that, that doesn't belong in uncharted, but with the last of us, I think you can get away with a bunch of shit like that. You're and scavenging and, and yeah. And so this. I think that because they the rules aren't as hard and fast in the last of us. And they already bent the rules a little bit with the last of us by, by introducing things like that. So I would love to see them skew more in that direction. Definitely. But I don't want the last of us to be open world or anything like that. I want it to be linear. But I want you to give me environments to explore. I, you know, I was showing my mom Uncharted 4 um, uh, and her husband. I was showing them Uncharted 4 and I showed them um, the, the, I don't want to spoil anything, I guess, but the pirate. It's a village, right?
1: Like yeah, a yeah. place. It's an island.
2: And I was like, this isn't... Libertalia. Libertalia. Again, yeah.
1: that, that was only a spoiler to you. Yeah. Because I didn't, people who paid attention to the game knew I didn't they not trying to, to anything find about this about place. Um,
2: and I was like, this is way more open because the PS4 is so much more powerful than the PS3, but it's still funneling you in a simple, a similar direction. But you know, and if you go in this corner, you can explore this and find this letter in this collectible, and you can find this converse, optional conversation and all this kind of things and really spend 45 minutes in an area that might only take you five minutes to get through If you're just rushing through the game. And so I think that that kind of take on the last of us doing that constantly is to make a game that could be done in 10 hours or 40 hours or maybe not 40, but 30, 25, 30 hours would be amazing. You know, based yeah. on how much you like environmental storytelling, how much you like exploring and collecting and scavenging, which is obviously the heart of The Last of Us scavenging and so important in The Last of Us going through drawers, rifling through get shit. Get that
1: glue, get that tape. I love it. Get them broken scissors. Oh, I love The Last of Us so much. I really have been meaning to go back and play it again. I just, you know. When do you have the time? I don't have time to do it. You gotta garden. I got. I have to garden. Owen wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ to end this uncharted triple burger and it says Ahoy Greg and Colin! I wanted to run a theory by you in regards to the Uncharted 4 story DLC. Do you remember the the behind-the-scenes video of the Naughty Dog Studios that showed those 3D models of piratey gents in the background? If I'm lying, I'm dying, but I didn't see those models anywhere in the single-player campaign. I propose to you that the DLC, in the DLC, you play as Henry Avery, Thomas II, or one of the other founding pirates and explore the birth of Libertalia. Or, perhaps more excitingly, its downfall. What are your thoughts? Thank you, Owen my thoughts are that's that all when Amy left that all got thrown away I think those assets those things were part of her game and I do not think that was the Neil and Bruce game I think the reason you didn't see him is because yeah they scrapped whatever that was going to be
2: yeah so I think that I think you're right um I think I broke that story actually when I was at IGN about the images yeah because they
1: asked you where did you get this and you're like in the video you just published yeah Sony was Sony
2: (laughs) I do remember that because I emailed them for comment like where did you get this asset and I'm like this asset is in a fucking video you posted yeah, yeah? like <laughs> um, and I never heard back from him about that particular story I don't think ever again uh, I think you're right remember Amy worked on this game uh, Amy's Uncharted 4 was totally different and they threw it all away so I think that um, when Bruce and Neil took over as writer writing and directing it and obviously Josh came in and wrote a lot of the script as well um, that those assets probably were used by her. And, and you have to remember also that they said very openly that the DLC had not been written. They have no idea what it is. I'm sure they know now, but yeah, in, so. in the, in the run-up to Uncharted 4's release when they were doing press tours and stuff like that, they said they still didn't know, and I believe them. Um, because remember, Left Behind took about a year um, in between Left Behind. It was a little less than a year between The Last was and Left Behind, and I'm sure that was in production. So my, my theory is that it's going to be... Uh, a story that has nothing to do with Nathan, but um, I would
1: think so too. And, and like, my thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't think that asset is attached to this, but I do think it would be cool to play through the downfall. i to play through that one area where you go in and you're like, what the hell happened here? That'd be awesome to get a uh, two hours, maybe leading up to it. Yeah. And then ending it and seeing how, cause they make, they make such a good, the game does such a great job of making, Henry Avery, I don't know, fucking know. Henry Avery, a real character in that game. Like I said in in our review, right? Like he is pretty. He is like one of the main villains of the game, without ever being in the game because he's been dead for hundreds of years. It's like if we could go back and play part, that'd be fascinating. That'd especially be to go back through environments we went through, obviously is Nate, and everything's fucked up and destroyed. To go back and see what that was like, not that way, what it did look like when he was there, that'd be rad. Yeah, I agree. What do you want to talk about, Colin? I don't know. Whatever you want. You tell me. I got a couple good ones here. We'll start here. Jonah from Melbourne, Australia wrote in the kindofunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. And he says, Hey, Colin and Greg. Hello. I need your help. What should I do to experience the Resistance trilogy in Infamous One and Two? Should I buy a PS3 or wait for these games to be remastered? I personally don't like buying old hardware, but I also don't see enough demand for these games to be remastered like the Uncharted trilogy had. PlayStation Now is also not an option here in Australia. So please tell me, what should I do to experience these great games? Thanks, Jonah. I didn't get a PS3. I mean, you can you can I would assume you can get the console and
2: all of those games for $200 US. You know, like I I I mean, I might be totally radically wrong on that, but I just th- is there a big... First of all, I think...
1: Didn't they release Resistance 1 and 2 together? Or am I making that up? The greatest hits edition, I do vaguely remember that, yeah. It was the red box cover and had the split down the side, and right? And
2: Infamous 1 and 2 come into a collection as well? I mean, not like a, a de facto
1: collection of some sort? There might have been some kind Even of... Even if you area. had to buy those games individually, they can't cost
2: that much money. I think those are both all must-play games, all five of them. So, not so much Fall Man, but because that the game doesn't hold up very well. But Resistance 2, I think, is a great game. I think that game super underrated. I think people are really hard on that game. And 3 is fantastic. It's one of the great shooters of all time, I think. Uh, Infamous and Infamous 2 especially, fantastic games. Uh, I agree there's no demand for these games to be ported. I think that they were going to port them to the PS4, especially Infamous. They would have done it when Second Son came out. Um so I don't see that happening. I think you can't go back to those games
1: now. Resistance isn't getting a collection, no. period. That's not happening. That's like an Infamous though. I hold my breath on. I do think that is possible. Like when the rumor about the Spider-Man game was getting kicked around and then you woke up I woke up that one morning and they were like, the Amazon listening post, and it was the infamous lightning collection at, with a demo for Spider-Man, it was like that's crazy enough to be real that's a real thing I could see them coming out of D3 and being like all right cool sucker bunch is working on spider-man here's this thing this is in a you can get if you want your taste of how good they are right now you can go play this infamous collection or whatever when it yeah. comes out so I, I think
2: ps3 is I mean just go borrow bo- maybe one of your friends has a ps3 you can just borrow it and then buy the games or if you ever have some sort of rental system in Australia game fly type thing you probably maybe get the games but I, 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 I assume if you buy those games even used you can't spend that much it's not like there's they're rare games or anything like that um, but I think that those are great games to play. I, I would say if you had to play one or the other, I'd probably do Infamous. Um, I think Resistance Three is better than all the you know all three Infamous games, but I but I think that um you really need the context of one and two to understand three and the consequences of three, and so and I think it's a little bit rougher to get through those games, especially the first one. So, um, Infamous is awesome. Get the Infamous. Game. I love. I mean, I love Infamous. I'm a huge Infamous fan. Are I don't you? think you know. I, I want. I like to dispel the notion that you're a bigger Infamous fan than me. I am. I don't think you are. No. You just like comic books, but I think we like the games equally.
1: No, I like them more than you. <laughs> just letting you know. Okay, that's fine. Okay,
2: I'll have to let the audience know that I like them more than you, so that they know that. You I know. think
1: they know that's the bullshit because you're always referencing this Resistance bullshit. You can't be on both sides of the fence. You got to pick. Well, they're different. One's a first-person shooter. No, one's a, pick. one's I an I, action okay, open-world cool. action game. So game. I just picked Infamous though, so that you know. That's obviously you know. Okay. Okay. Resistance Three is better than all those games. Though. I just I disagree. Oh, oh! I have my son's mitten. I gotta get on this boat now. Fucking go kill things. Get the fuck out of here, you garbage. Tell me about Cole and Trish. All right. Well, Show me your photos. You cosplaying as the infamous cast. I don't cosplay as anything. You cosplay right now as fucking Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> Gia Bruno wrote in to funny dot com slash psq. It says thanks for all that you guys do. I'm ha- I'm having trouble falling asleep at night, and the only thing that helps is ASMR. We know this, of course. We did a Game Over Greggy show top. Unfortunately, yes. The best way to tr- trigger the tingles I crave is when Colin is whispering while Greg leaves to talk to the waterman my question is simple can the waterman come more often as far as I know it isn't a sexual thing PS I would never tell 16 year old Colin how to play Mega Man so you I thought maybe not. I'm gonna step away from the mic no here. I don't we
2: can't force the waterman well we're not gonna force I'm not I, I'm not forcing the waterman is the waterman back who is the waterman we should make a waterman shirt. Don't you think?
1: I, I think we should make about fifteen thousand shirts. We have a lot of shirts. We keep. We can't me.
2: force the water man. I'm not forcing
1: the water. You forced it a little bit. No,
2: I, I want to me. give you a little bit of something, but um, you know, a little tease. But I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get too crazy with the waterman The water just, man's gonna be organic. Just read your water bottle in the water man. There, voice. there isn't a waterman voice because the one wa- we do just whisper. Just whisper in the water, water bottle. I'm not. Th- don't tell me what to do. I'm not. Don't be John over there. <laughs>
1: don't John tell Locken. me what I can't do,
2: Greg. Even though you're telling, you're not know telling me what I can't do. I just wanted to say that, but. uh no, I like, I like, I like the Waterman will be unexpected. We don't demand the presence of the Waterman. We don't demand the presence. I assure you the doorbell will ring in the future and we'll have to leave the show to go get it. And I'm like, my mind's ha- hazy right now. I don't even know, you know, I don't know who the Waterman is. I'm asking you. No one knows who the
1: Waterman is. is. I just cut some guy a check. I on. still can't believe you did that. Like, that's so funny. I wonder if he ever was cashed. <laughs> I don't know. I he might've been a ghost. <laughs> that Waterman died on this route 16 years ago. <laughs> And by the way, 60 years ago, dark? it was only fucking 2000. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. It's not even that old. Some kid wrote in a lot. And I and i don't know if I made the cut, but he wrote in talking about how I, he'd been listening to us to it since uh, middle school and he did not remember 9 11. Like, God damn it, dude. Got to read a history book, son. Oh, God damn. Uh, Colin, mm. do you want, you get to pick the final question. Okay. A TV show? No, because it's going to be Powers and I don't want to talk about it. Actually, no, no. This a TV show. You turn into a video game. Oh no! Powers. No. Ready at dawn. All right, yeah. Ready at dawn. Their game should be announced. I don't. it should be announced this week. The JJ, the epic one says, "Hey, Greg and Colin." hope you guys have been doing well my question is about the new game announcement coming from ready at dawn we may know what it is by the time you read this no we don't do you remember when they're supposed to put it up it's
2: this week i don't know last week it said this
1: week so but ready at dawn has been quiet for some time about what they've been up to until now as colin has said many times there's a bunch of sony studios that have been in the lab working on stuff they, that we don't know about for the record of course these guys aren't a sony studio is now the time we start to see all of them reveal their hand Will, we know what everyone has been working on for PS four slash PS Vita slash PSVR by the end of E three this year. Thanks again, everything for thanks again for everything, guys. Keep up the great work with the show. Stay epic. Jake James Lugo. Oh, I know him. It you don't know him, I know him. It makes See him on Twitter. I it know, makes, know him real
2: well. So these are mo- multiple questions here. Ready at Dawn isn't a Sony studio, but they are—they are kind of a de facto second-party studio. The game—I think
1: he's just doing using it a little bit as a lead, right, right. Just to be clear, though, to what's happening with first-party.
2: I want to say that just because the game that they're announcing has nothing to do with PlayStation, it, this should be—it probably be on PlayStation, but the, it's a GameStop published game. The word about Ready at Dawn that I was hearing a while ago from rumors was that they were working on possibly three games, um, and we talked about this in the past that or three ideas were bouncing around. One of them was a, a game no one knew about. I think that's probably this game. Um, one of them was supposed to be a VR game and one of them was supposed to be a Playstation game now the assumption is that the VR game I don't know anything about it, the the GameStop game I don't know anything about it, I think in terms of Sony Studio, I think that it's possible they're working on the order Um, a sequel, whatever it might be called, the order 1887, Um, we have to remember that that the order ended in a cliffhanger, Um, they have the engine it would kind of be a shame not to go back and do something with it again because they think they have the, the nugget of something really cool. I'm one thousand percent into seeing more fucking Wolfman and Dracula dicks. It's just that they were so obsessed with the fidelity of their engine and the engine itself that they forgot to make a game. And, and the that's pe- what
1: I, and the penis physics and the penis just physics
2: them were insane. Around all it was, it was absolutely it. insane. Um, but because I mean, the, the, people, I don't want to torture people that have listened to Beyond and, and did all these things. I mean, I've talked for a long time like these guys. The, the reveal of the Order eighteen eighty six was disastrous um they just they just drew this shit out forever they shouldn't have announced it as early as they did Sounds like the no game insight. was half baked uh it was short it wasn't very good um but there is something there there's definitely something there and the game's beautiful the story's interesting the setting's really cool a steampunk kind of england that's a little bit Advanced in terms of technology, it's 1880s, but they sh- are somewhere in the 1910s or 1920s in terms of technology, and then they have shit that's like crazy, like Tesla cannons and stuff right. like that. So, I like the idea of like the alternate history take on it and the kind of the future history take on it. Um, and I just don't know how the game sold, I don't know how Sony feels about it. Clearly, they wanted to do a sequel based on the ending of the game. I'd be super intrigued to see if they do. I think it's probably 50 50. Um, but this game has nothing to do with that. So, and I don't know how much ready at Dawn, how much money they have, what their funding is, how big the team is, what their games are. I just know that I heard at some point that there was three projects in the mm-hmm. works. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, do I think that we're going to know everything the studios are all working on? I mean, let's think about it. Right? We're not going to know what Sucker Punch is working on. I think we'll see Ben's game. I say that every year at E3. I think we'll see it. at you Ben's game. Every show. <laughs> I think that they they. I think it's pretty obvious that they're going to be at E3. But I said that way.
1: No, I agree, but I'm just saying that we say that every time.
2: Santa Monica, I think will be at E3 with God of War. Um, Naughty Dog is working on Uncharted DLC. San Diego is working on all sorts of shit. So that's all the American studios. Polyphony is working on Gran Turismo, so we know that. And Japan Studios is working on The Last Guardian and a bunch of other shit, so we know that those are the Japanese studios. And then Europe, Media Molecule is working on Dreams. Guerrilla is working on Horizon. Guerrilla Cambridge is working on Rigs. London is working on VR stuff, I think. Uh, Northwest is working on VR stuff. Um, That's all of them? No, I'm missing someone. There's new ones they added or whatever? Northwest is the new one. Mm. I don't know. I I guess what I'm saying is with the exception, Sucker Punch is the only studio of any consequence. We don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, So we are starting to get to that. We are starting to get to that point. I think where we're actually uh, all the cards are on the table. And then we have the second, the the prolific second parties, House Marks working on Matterfall, Quantic Dream's working on Detroit. Um, So we have a good idea of the landscape over the next two to three years, I think for PlayStation in terms of first party support and second party support, so exclusivity. Um, And it's looking pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully it all pans out, but I think it's the, the salvo begins, I think with Gran Turismo, frankly, and then goes from there. And I think, I think from there, if they play their cards, right, I think every four to six months, you'll probably see an exclusive from the first party at that point, which I think is a pretty good cadence.
3: Yeah. You'll see not too many. Don't do the yeah, PS3
2: thing. No, you'll see Gran Turismo. You'll see dead. Don't ride. You'll see, um, uh, horizon. Um, punch
1: game.
2: You'll see soccer punches game in there somewhere. You'll see God of war, which is probably gonna be a fall 2017 game. You have to assume, um, maybe sooner. Um, you know so you'll see dreams so I think things are looking pretty good so I think the cards are almost all on the table at this point yeah bend is the big uh, you know, sucker punch is the big one but I just don't think they're ready so I think bend is going to be the you know and then whatever second party relationships they've cultivated since that seems to be the thing that they're obsessed with this generation is not investing in these
1: teams anymore sure getting games selling consoles mm-hmm. time for PS I love this best friend XOXO this is where one of you goes to kind of funny.com slash forums you go to the PS I love you XOXO board and you Leave your PSN name up on the best friend list so we can get you friends to send you messages and join your friends list. This one comes from Phil G. His PSN name is Murdoch 1113. Now he wrote in wanting this to be trophy time, but it fits better here. Hi, guys. Hello. Uh, Is that authorized? I mean, he doesn't want friends. It's authorized. Okay. I am making it so. Hi, guys. So I made the switch to PS4 after being Xbox slash Xbox 360 slash Xbox One elitist. Well, over a year now. And I haven't looked back since. Although I have beaten many games, I'm still looking for my first platinum. After piling hours upon hours into the division, I have one trophy left. Although, not being a massive online player, I'm struggling somewhat. The only trophy I need to achieve my first platinum is Kill 20 Rogue Agents. I was wondering if you would be swell enough to ask the best friends for some help. I have been working on this for some time, although I seem to be getting nowhere thanks to the glitches in the game slash people stealing my kills and the fact that I'm just not that great when it comes to PVP. Thanks in advance. Keep up the great work. I look forward to PS. I love you. XOXO XO each week. Phil G whose PSN name is Murdoch one 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 three M U R D O C one three. Eleven thirteen. So Murdoch needs people to go rogue so he can kill them in the division. Go help you, boy Murdoch. Eleven thirteen. Send him the message. Get on the friends list. I don't like when people go rogue in the division. It makes me feel like they're being mean to me. They've never gone rogue on you. They, they have. Happened. They people never. have gone
2: rogue on me in the, the, the division. They did. They definitely did never go did, rogue on me. Happened. You made it up? No, I got killed in the the what is it called? The gray zone? Dark zone? Dark zone. You're a big fan. Big division fan over here.
1: <laughs> Division's number hey, one I fan. Hey, I played the
2: division for forty hours. Don't give me. Don't bust my balls. It's been a while. I played it all within like a week though. Um, yeah, I couldn't go in there
1: without getting fucked up. Hated that shit. Good game, though. Yeah. This week's Forgotten PlayStation game comes from Monkey. Monkey says, Hello, Colin and Greg. Hello. I would like to nominate Legend of Lagaya for the PS1 as this week's Forgotten
2: PlayStation game. That's a great game.
1: It is one of few JRPGs Sony made at the time along with Wild Arms and The Legend of Dragoon. I just love the game's battle system. It's like a mixture of turn-based and fighting game. I remember as a kid experimenting with combos and was so delighted when I would discover a super art accidentally. I haven't played anything like it's like it since, except for the sequel on the PS2, which isn't—I I feel isn't as good. Sadly, I never got to finish the game because I got a corrupted memory card and deleted all my progress. I hope someday to finish the original, if it ever becomes available on PSN. Thanks, Aaron, aka Monkey. Yeah, so I was gonna
2: say, I see what he's saying. First of all, Legend of the Guy is a fucking awesome game. For people that haven't played Legend of Guy, he did a pretty good job of explaining it. It is a mid-generation PS1 exclusive role-playing game that's a fighting game and a role-playing game at the same time. And it is really, really, really good. I really dug that game a lot. Sony didn't make it. Contrail made that game. Um, And that's why I was looking it up. Contrail is the studio that made uh, Wild Arms 2 and Wild Arms 3. Wild Arms 2 is a fantastic game as well. Wild Arms wasn't made by Sony either. It was made by Media Vision and published by Sony. Sony did make Legend of Dragoon. And did, I think, publish all three of those games. So I just want to make, make, be clear on that with, you know, all, all of this, because there's some uh, media vision, especially an understated studio that deserves credit. And Sony doesn't deserve credit for wild arms. Um, but shout out dude for a legend of a guy. Cause that is a, that is a dope game. Deep cut. That is a really, really dope. Do you remember? Good job monkey. No, I mean, I remember the name, but I never played it. Um, And uh, like to me, Contrail worked with Sony pretty intimately. Um like sexy like in a sexy way? No, I think like they were working with like they were how to put it? What's a good example? Like Timiko So okay. they were like a studio that was there. Um, but I think let me look up Legend of Lagoon real quick. Uh, Legend uh, Legend of Lagoon. Now I'm just, just gonna Legend of Dragoon. Because I just want to see what they what they name that particular team.
1: Lagoon. Laguna Beach.
2: Ragging. So yeah, SCEI is is the developer. Uh so Sony Computer like is specifically cited as that. Contrail I think was internal. Similar to the Team Eco but kind of an autonomous kind of team. Okay. And then MediaVision I think was second party. I just like these little trivial things. That mean nothing to anyone. People Let's enjoy see. it. MediaVision. Yeah, they still exist. And they're 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 an independent studio. But Wild Arms I think is an IP owned by Sony I think Legend of Gaia is owned by Sony but developed by I guess what you would call a second party I don't know it's a little confusing someone will write in and, and correct me I'm sure but nonetheless I just wanted to clear that up because there's a lot of good role-playing game cannons being fired during the PS1 era yeah and uh, similar to Quintet which was one of my favorite role-playing developers in SNES Contrail I think doesn't get enough credit
1: they don't exist anymore Time for PSN's worst name of the week. This, of course, stems from the fact that you cannot change your PlayStation Network name. So if you listening to this show and you're thinking about getting on the PlayStation Network, no, you cannot change your name. It is a valuable lesson to learn or you'll end up just like Mountain Dew did. Now, Mountain Dew here is his forum name. That's not his name. I'm sure he'd prefer to have that. He says, hey, Colin and Greg, my worst PSN name of the week submission is my own. Major 69 Gangsta with an A. Gangsta. Magies, That's ma- awful. Major 69 Gangster. But let's take a walk. Let's uncover how my 13-year-old self came up with this name, not knowing how horrible it was. I just received my first and very own PS3. My 13-year-old self was excited about the wonders of playing Modern Warfare 2 online with my own account. When the time came to create my own name, I decided to draw upon two of my favorite songs at the time. First was Major Tom by David Bowie. So far, so good. Second... Was Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. This was your favorite song during a PS. During
2: what year was this? He was 13 years old. Yeah, Modern Warfare 2 is coming out. Modern Warfare 2. So that's 2008? 2009? I was at IGN. So yeah, I'm eight. Sounds right ish. It's Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. I'm... Somewhere. So your favorite song was Gangster's Paradise? And
1: Major Tom by David Bowie. That's a little more forgivable because that's timeless. Yeah, of course. Gangster's Paradise was out when I was 13. Sure, but I mean, (laughs) but Julio was probably, what, he was on one of those singing shows, wasn't he? So like, he's he's relevant again. Like, people knew who he was. Mm. I typed Major Gangster. That's funny. However, that was already taken. So I put 69... For the year, Major Tom was released. Oh, geez. So then came Major 69 Gangster. But even that was taken, leading me to the infamous Major 69 Gangsta. Being level 12 on trophies and all the games I own, I do not want to lose my account. However, a 22-year-old Hispanic skinny boy does not reflect the gangster that my name and 13-year-old self portrays. Please, shoe. let us change our names. Mountain Dew. So nine years...
2: The math doesn't add up on this. I'm calling the story into question.
1: Okay? Mhm. 11 years.
2: Right? I'll no, say I'll way. say no more. Okay, I'll say no more.
1: This top, this topic and this uh, bad PSN name was brought to you by Gamefly. Are you ready to save money and play more games? Then let me introduce you to our sponsor Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. Just go to Gamefly.com. Pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door. They have more than 9,000 titles to choose from so you can try before you buy. Go to, go to Gamefly.com PS and start your free premium 30 day trial. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting GameFly.com slash PS. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You XOXO episode 38. Thank you for being part of the ride. Remember, this is a product of kindofunny.com. So go there, subscribe to the YouTube channel, listen to all the other podcasts. Leave Tim a nice note about how amazing Kind of Funny Live 2 was. Thank Jack Trenton by writing him a letter to Jack Trenton street i don't know how you'd find jack trenton i don't know how we found jack trenton but we got jack trenton in this goddamn spare bedroom uh thank you to everybody who came out once again thank you for everybody who supports us remember this posts every tuesday at 9 a.m pacific time so subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny games rate us on the itunes if you use the google play store or whatever the fuck that is good luck i don't know what that even looks like i assume you click podcast and it's just mp3s everywhere you Mm -hmm. just randomly drag and drop into your desktop and hope for the best yeah sounds about right Every episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Sing a Shoe Hey. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindofunnycom slash P.S.M. The M is for music and submits your YouTube link and MP3 link, which is usually on Bandcamp. I download the MP3 and I stick it on our MP3 and if it we're on the YouTube thing I annotate to your YouTube video. This one comes from Marco Gill. Marco Gill says, Hi Greg and Colin. First of all, huge fan here. Keep up the amazing work. That grinny emoticon like the the colon, mm. the D, mm. I like that one a lot. I am the lead singer of a progressive metal band from Brazil Brazil called Brazil. Brazil. Viv Vivelma? Vive Vivelma? Vive Vivelma. V-I-V-A-L-M-A Around one year ago, we started a project in which we pay tribute to geek culture classics, including games What I'd like to show you and all the PlayStation fans that listen to your show Is our tribute to one of our favorite video game franchises, Metal Gear It's a great song. It's a good remix. I like it a lot You can listen to it, of course, over at soundcloud.com Slash V-I-V-V-A-L-M-A And you get it there, or click over to the annotated YouTube video I'm about to show you Great job, Marco O'Gill Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.